Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Hello, I'm Scott Soshman. I'm Eben Novi Williams. <laughs> that was a great punch there. I like that. Uh, it's like the hyphen takes everything out of his air. I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Disclaimer time. Oh, right at the top. I love it. Right here. Disclaimer. Now, we're taping this the day before this airs on Wednesday, so we're taping this on Tuesday. Do you know so. why we're doing this? Tell us. Do you know why? Well, I, I think... It Which was, holiday is it, Bar? It, it, is, it is a holiday that... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm trying to find... The- is it the Festival of Lights? <laughs> is, is this Festivus? Is this Festivus? For the rest of you. Would you... <laughs> Medina, well, would you like to clue him in? I know. It's a holiday. Yeah, it's a holiday. I don't want to say the wrong holiday because I, I don't want to insult did. anybody. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, so please. It's, it's Yom Kippur. That, that's what I, I thought, but I didn't want to say Maybe it. Maybe that's what I thought. But I didn't. I, that's, I if just, you had to put something down on a test, you would have put Yom Kippur. Yes, I would have. You wouldn't have put Rosh Hashanah spelled it wrong. No, I would have put Yom Kippur. But you say Kippur. You, you're not one of the Yom Kippur. <laughs> I mean, you know, Hanukkah, wait, you can go to the CH, the H. Yom Kippur technically start this evening, or how does that work? Well, look at it. We're not explaining the whole holiday. Oh, okay. Everybody can go to the Google <laughs> if they need to know more about Yom Kippur. Well, I thought at least people would have off today, too. You know, I don't know. No, 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 no. no, no, no not, Welcome not to off Bloomberg today. Business of Jewish Holidays. That, that's right. And you guys are my mishpochas. <laughs> there I'm we go. on it. There we go. You can look up mishpocha, too. Hey. What are we talking about? Uh, we got to start here with the uh, NFL Hall of Famers. And they're talking about, hey, it's time to boycott future induction ceremonies unless their demands are met. Now, what demands are we talking about? Well, Evan, they want money, right? They want money. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They want money. What else do they always want? It's funny. We Everybody made such a big stink about Terrell Owens yeah, missing exactly. the Hall of Fame induction this year. This seems like a much bigger uh, bigger story and probably a better reason to, to consider skipping uh, NFL players, you know, older players, Hall of Famers, you know, who, as they say in this, in, this letter, the in this letter to Roger Goodell, they're huh? saying that they kind of built the backbone of the league that now makes $14 billion a year. A lot of them are, are running low on money. A lot of them are struggling from a health perspective. They are looking for uh, more support uh, monetarily from a health well, standpoint. Let's see what that, they want to, they in essence, want a salary. It's one of the things on the list for is what? a salary. Yeah, a share of league revenue. 
Right. They want to get paid as if they're working in the NFL, which they are not. And there are a lot of Hall of Famers that signed off on this, including Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, Richard Dent, Carl Eller. I mean, I can keep going going. But yeah. there are a lot of Hall of Famers. A lot of this. guys played when you watch football. Bob. Yeah, they cast. <laughs> they, you know, they call into question Roger's salary, which is, you know, upwards of $40 million a year. But now uh, they're saying that he shouldn't do some other projects like the Hall of Fame in Canton, there's Ohio. There's a billion-dollar renovation project yeah. in Canton I mean, right now. There's better use for that money. Like, oh, us. Well, here's what they say. Meanwhile, many of us Hall of Fame players can't walk and many can't sleep at night. More than a few of us don't even know who we are or where we are. Our long careers left us especially vulnerable to the dangers of this violent sport, especially those intentionally hidden from us. You know, so this is a similar argument that we've seen from from players in the concussion uh, lawsuits as well. You know, essentially saying that that for for years the league possibly knew uh, or or turned a blind eye to the uh, to, to to the dangers that they were subjecting players to, and now this generation of players right, probably so more so, so, so than, sue the, than so sue the league and don't ask for a salary. Well, which, which the, they've tried, right? They've gone the health that, route, and now that, they're they're using is, another level. That is level. your vehicle. This I mean, is that, another layer. Now that, level, that, le- I yeah, mean, I lever. guess if you, you need some leverage, right? So they have two pieces of leverage here, two main principal pieces of leverage. One, they're acting the collective. This isn't one guy. If the Hall of Fame ceremony and a whole bunch of Hall of Famers don't show up, and it, and it, and it sort of puts a negative light on the whole event and the whole thing, that's leverage. Two, next year the NFL is celebrating its 100th year. You can bet they're having big-time things planned for 100. And to not have these names, the guys who built yeah. through the, the public knows, involved, that, that surely would hurt those efforts. And well, these guys are big names. I mean, as, as yeah. Michael said, you know, when, when some of these guys talk, there are a lot of fans out there who listen. And there, and there is leverage in that as well. Joe Namath, Curtis Merton. I mean, again, I can go on. And you have to remember, too, when these guys played, there was the theory is like, Hit me high, but don't hit me low because they were worried about getting a leg injury. Yeah. And now it's the exact opposite. And all the changes that the NFL is making now to make its game safer, these are the players that played well before those rules were ever changed. Well, then plus two is now you're seeing – now there's a rule out there about the quarterback and they're trying to protect the quarterback again, which brings me to the Clay Matthews hit during the Packers-Vikings game, which brought a penalty which shouldn't have been a penalty. Have we gotten to the point now, it's like, yes, listen, I'm all about protecting the players, but now have we gotten to a point where it's like, well, wait a minute, the NFL is a violent game in itself. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) And Richard Sherman. Right, I mean, this yeah. is this is the funny thing to me about the the bedfellows that the the that the, the watering down of football has made. You know, you have Richard Sherman and 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 Donald Trump, two people who politically are at way opposite ends of the spectrum and who have butted heads publicly in the past. You know, they're both using the exact same phrasing. This is eventually going to become flag football. The love flag this, football. This issue has <laughs> deflection and deception and speed. This issue has pushed people who are normally totally at odds and don't agree on anything into kind of the same camp of criticizing the game but itself. But did they? The referee can make a mistake on a play, and and maybe that 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 Clay Matthews is one of them. But I don't I don't understand how any player, any NFL player, knowing what they know now, can argue with rules changes designed to keep them from sustaining serious side effects and injury. It doesn't make sense to me. And I've said forever, 
the NFL, and anyone wishing to make football safer has to stop talking to the players. They have a player mentality. It's it's lost on many. It's lost. Just stop talking to the players. You know who you talk to, Barr? And we were joking about it beforehand, like how much control we have here at home. You want to change things in the NFL, you talk to the mothers and you talk to the wives. That's where you send your message. And when the wife is every day to the husband, what are you, crazy? This rule is designed so that you're here for your kids, that you can pick up your kids and play with your kids and know who you are. Listen to what the, uh, the, 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 the letter to the NFL said. A lot of us don't know who we are and where we are. You want that? You want that as your future? And then the guys will flippantly say, this one drives me nuts. Oh, I know my future and I'll gladly take it to play in this league. That's just stupid. Well, if, the movie Concussion, by the way, anybody that has not seen it, go out and see it, uh, rent it, do whatever. It really tells the story about what NFL players have to deal with. Uh, having said that... I've spoken to the wives. The, when, yeah. when I was doing some stories on this, I spoke to the wives. I spoke to the mothers. These are the folks who are most concerned and most willing to take action because if they need to be protected from themselves... That's who's going to do it. You think about the Tony Dorsets. I mean, I, I just I can keep going on about what's left. And, and Bob Costas, Bob Costas, he got into big trouble for saying, "Hey, these guys." Not only that, he said, "I'm done left. with football." He's like, "I don't want to do it anymore." I mean, it's but he but he got in trouble for it because he said, "This look at this sport. These guys, there's nothing going to be left of these guys." Yeah, well, exactly. And that's not exactly a message that a broadcast partner <laughs> wants out there when well, you're paying yeah. billions of dollars to associate yourself with the league. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Uh, Wisconsin sports program. At risk if athletes are paid. What's this all about? Yeah, this is this is silly. I uh, love I love Evan. <laughs> this is great. Evan, Evan has some strong feelings on this one because uh, he has reported so much. His nostrils uh, flared. Yeah, you Did see, you see it? it? Normally it's like because we're saying something really silly and he gets that look on his face. Yeah. But, I mean, he has reported so much on the business of college football that when he hears a tired argument, I, the, the eye roll and the indignation comes out. Evan, take it away. Yeah, so as, as many of our <laughs> listeners probably know, there is a, a fairly high-profile lawsuit going on in, in the Bay Area right now. Uh, this is the probably the, the, the most legitimate uh, and, and best chance challenge that college athletes have of overturning 
the NCAA rules on compensation for players. Um, and part of that argument, the NCAA, in defending its rules, uh, is essentially arguing that fans only watch college sports because it's amateur. So paying athletes in any capacity would mean that they would turn away from the game. Uh, or B, arguing that paying athletes would restrict them from participating in the academic side of institutions. Uh, there is a third argument being pushed and you know carried water yesterday by uh, this University of, of, of Wisconsin, uh, Madison Chancellor Rebecca Blank, where big schools are claiming that they will drop sports uh, if college athletes get paid get Th- that maybe this is an endeavor they don't too much money there exactly this is a- a- akin to saying that we won't shuttle our students around uh if the price of gas goes up you know it's 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 that silly the wisconsin athletic program makes upwards of 150 million dollars a year it's one of the few that is balanced in that it doesn't take any money away from the academic side of the school uh, if players in basketball and football have to be paid a little bit, if some sort of stipend, they will find a way to pay that. The University of Wisconsin is not going to drop. All I'd love of its to see the endowment. Programs. The quarter. It would be, would be called the quarterback endowment. I'll pay the like. Who who wouldn't want their name on the the quarterback endowment? What what rich donor? Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 they're depending on what the ruling is. If if this does have to be, if schools do start paying athletes, and and the University of Wisconsin will to, to stay competitive. competitive um, assistant coaches is certainly an area where you could see uh, some money being shaved. Maybe even head coach. Contracts. They strength will, coaches. That's my favorite. Exactly. The strength yeah, coach. The, the million, million dollar strength, million dollar strength, strength coach. coach. Yeah, that's coach. my favorite. Uh, they will find areas to shave money out of so that they can stay competitive in college football and college basketball. See, here's my theory about college sports. Clown music. Here it is. Cue the clown music. This is it. <laughs> I love that we know when it's coming. I mean, this, it doesn't make it hard. Yeah, for I just, I just, okay, here, here, here it, comes. it comes. It's the same reason. <laughs> People root for college teams for the same reason that they root for a professional football team because they have an emotional attachment to the college team like they have to the pro team. Like people from Alabama either went to Alabama, they live in the Alabama area, and wow, roll uh, tide. So sorry, Auburn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, all you uh, Auburn people. Yeah, I, I, what, University of Michigan, you either went to the University of Michigan, it's like, there's my team, or you were from the area. Your family has a tradition. Back to the yeah, school. You I had mean, the sweatshirt when you were growing up. And, it's, it's, and you've never rooted for a player that was there for more than four years. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's even stronger, I would say. That the college I would say the emotional attachment. Barb, we've had the discussion. We've asked some people. If Michigan and Ohio State, played a football game. All the players on the team went to a neutral field and one wore green and one wore purple. And you said, hey, the players from Michigan and Ohio State are playing today. That, the green team is Michigan. The purple team is you know, Ohio State. How many people would go? Yeah, I, I see your point. But we're wearing, when you're wearing the maize and blue. That's right. And with, with the marching band, with the marching and, band the, yeah. and it's got the name of the school across. There is great value. This doesn't mean that the players don't it shouldn't be comp- that's not what I'm saying, but there has to be a recognition that the brand name of the schools offer tremendous value and draw for the sport. There is a reason why, and I'm going to admit it, and everybody knows I'm a huge Detroit guy, so I love my Detroit Lions, but there's a little side of me that says, all right, Tom Brady, how are you doing? And yeah. the reason why, as everybody knows, Brady 
came out of the University of Michigan. Remember the time Donovan McNabb in Syracuse went to the big house and beat Michigan? I do. Hey, man, it's time to move on to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> moving right Syracuse along. Syracuse just beat Florida State, by the way, and I don't care if they're terrible. We Ebert and I were arguing this yesterday upstairs. I don't care that Florida State right now is terrible. Syracuse, which couldn't beat anybody the last few years, beat Florida State. I know that name. By the way, how about the irony that the air conditioning wasn't working in the Carrier Dome? I don't for think that is, game? is there air conditioning. I don't think it, I don't think there yeah. is air conditioning in the Carrier uh, Dome. The car- carrier no, put seriously. their name on a building and doesn't yeah. do the air conditioning. It's like two degrees all the time. I don't think there is air conditioning in the Carrier I kept Dome, which is why the, they're doing they the whole. They kept talking about thing. the temperature on the field. I thought it was funny that that was in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> Major League Lacrosse invests in its players. Explain. Well, I, I guess if your players have gripes, paying them more. What, what are they proposing, like 50% pay raises here? A raise in the salary cap. I, I don't know exactly what the it's percentage a, it, is. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, if you don't 51%. Know, 51%. There you go. That's a lot. Yeah. If you don't know much about MLL and the players, a lot of them, many have second jobs. Many on Wall Street, as a matter of fact, they play <laughs> love. But a lot of guys have second jobs, or I, I should say first jobs, and then lacrosse is just sort of their sideline you know they leave work early go to practice because it's just not enough money to live on and so you know if you want the best players in the world and that's what they have and you want to keep them you better pay them and i think they're recognizing that this is the outdoor lacrosse league for folks like me who often get them confused uh this change comes with what seems like a a pretty big pr push by new league commissioner sandy brown and also owners to say that this is kind of a new era in in MLL, you know, uh, the, it, just looking at some tweets here, the Atlanta Blaze uh, said that the owners' meetings earlier this month uh, were a quantum leap in the right direction. The owner of the Chesapeake Bayhawks, Brendan Kelly, said that in my eight years of owning a team, this was the most productive owners' meeting ever. They are clearly, whether it's fully accurate or not, they are pushing this as a new era uh, for MLL. In a world of OTT bar, you don't need to aggregate 60 million people, 25 million people like the NFL does on a, on a, on a Sunday. Can you get 15, 20,000, 50,000, 100? Can you build eventually an audience that'll pay 10, 15 bucks a month because they're such big fans of the sport and they want, they want it when they want it, how they want it. They're really passionate about it. Can you build that sort of audience? And if you can, then you've got a real business. And one of the big booze and the things that's been in an arrow in lacrosse's quiver for so long is that their an audience, arrow in lacrosse's quiver. Their their audience is generally, you know, better off financially than than your average sports nice fan. demo affluent, um, affluent exactly. You know, audience, a lot the, yeah. the folks that that played lacrosse growing up are, are more likely uh, to to be to be in an upper class uh, demographic, and that means that it might be easier. Or it should be a, less of a tough sell. Uh, to well, get have, people to open their so they have money to spend. Exactly. And that's, yeah. you know, if you're going to advertise, you, you want to advertise to people who have money to spend. Thank you all for listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Sosnick and Evan Novi Williams. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Brett Yormark, the man who runs the Barclays Center and the Brooklyn Nets. Who? Brett Yormark. What do you mean, who? Wow. I didn't know that. You didn't know what? That he was on the show or that's what no, he No, no, I knew he was on the show, but oh. it, but you mentioned the second half of that. He's the CEO of Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment, the parent right. company of the yeah. Barclays Center, the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, but didn't you mention something else about that, uh, well, never mind. <laughs>
I, I just I didn't know that he clown was, music. At the I end. didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Brett Yormark later this week. Yeah, love anyway, Brett. Love Brett. No, he's he's a good man. I just didn't know his full title. I knew some of the title, but there you uh, go. Hey, I'm an honest man. Uh, you're listening to <laughs> Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple Podcast. For the countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.